It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Unheard News, I'm Florence Reed. Alex Jones, the Texas-based radio personality and founder of InfoWars, was banned from all major social media platforms in 2018. It was a united effort to censor his content, which is, to put it lightly, controversial. Another Alex, Alex Lee Moyer, has been making a fly-on-the-wall documentary about Jones over the last few years. It's due to be released at the end of this month, but the filmmakers have found it hard to get the word out. First, Instagram blocked the trailer to protect their community. Then TikTok removed it for hateful behavior, and Facebook took it down for violating community guidelines. Why? We've invited the film's director, Alex Lee Moyer, into the studio to find out. Hi, Alex. Welcome to Unheard. Hey, Flo. Hi. So tell me a little bit about what happened. You created this film over the last few years, you put it out, and what happened next? We always anticipated a a little bit of turbulence releasing this film. I mean, even from the very beginning, uh, we were lucky enough at least to secure it on the major streaming platforms. And so we were thinking, okay, well, maybe this is going to go a little bit more smoothly than we'd anticipated. And um, so we started our rollout of the release of the film on, like you said, I mean, you pretty much put it in a nutshell already. Um, But what happened was on the first day we you know, released our trailer, uh, and it did explosive numbers on Twitter. Um, it did fairly well on Instagram. Um, but then it sort of flatlined, um, afterwards in the analytics, but essentially, uh, the word was got kind of squashed or, you know, or so they thought it's one thing to, uh, deplatform Alex Jones, but should we deplatform anyone from even discussing Alex Jones? So, you know, it's a it's, it sort of puts forth an interesting precedent, and it's sort of unfolding as we go here. So you've made a film that shows the the good, bad, and ugly about Alex Jones himself. True. And you feel that this is in some way leaking out from the ban against Alex Jones as as a personality, and is now is this kind of created a secondary ban against you, who is making a documentary about Alex Jones? What sort of precedent does this set if we? start to ban things that are simply secondarily related to content that's considered unacceptable on these platforms? Well, it's slippery, right? It's it's not also out in the open. When these entities are sort of rebuffing you from 
from sharing your work about controversial topics. And by the way, I made another film before this film that kind of ran into some of the same sort of obstacles, although not at this scale. So um, people don't just come out and say all the time, oh, this is because Alex Jones and you're being deplatformed. They usually kind of make up a demure sort of excuse or in the case of like, you know, Google, for instance, who refused to let us take out any ad space. At one point we called them and were able to get in touch with the support and they put us on hold and then they just hung up the phone. And then when we called back, we got an automated message. And then shortly afterwards, our producer found that his uh, professional uh, Google account, his uh, to buy ad space had been uh, permanently suspended for hateful behavior for trying to buy ad space. Um, on Google. What do you think about this, the way in which it's, it's cross-channel? Because that's what's really interesting to me is that these demure or euphemistic reasons are being used across different channels. They're not owned by particularly the same parent company, but they are using the same reasons to suppress your film. You know what it is? A lot of people just want to take the high road. And it's just much easier to say, you know what? we don't really know what this is and we don't really know who made it. And, and it's the risk to reward ratio is not so great for some companies, right? I mean, obviously when it comes to, to, you know, these entities with massive influence that like run the world practically like Google, that's where we should be more concerned. When it comes to the fact that we can't even get, you know, a review written or even an announcement of our, um, of, of our production in a Hollywood rag, that's a little bit more understandable because it's like, well, what have they got to gain from it? Ironically enough, the film now has reached uh, number two on the iTunes presale chart next to Top Gun. So despite all of these efforts, you know, there's obviously a massive demand for people who want to see uh, content that's uh, culturally relevant and um, authentic. Is there a lesson here for these platforms, perhaps, that the more you try to suppress this sort of material, the more attractive or exciting it might seem to a certain group of, you know, underground viewers, which some might call the majority of people. Right. Well, you, the Streisand effect, right, uh, is what they call it. You know, the more that you uh, try and tell people to look away, the more that you're just going to attract their attention to that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, um, because frankly, I mean, I had anticipated that it would, you know, get get banned or somehow you know taken down from these platforms and we'll, and we'll see what they do and i definitely don't want to curse the 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 film that way i want as many people to be able to see it on as many in as many places as possible and this movie isn't just a movie for for people to like you know feel like they're they're being you know cheeky by watching a film about a controversial figure it's it's actually like it's a good film that has addresses i think some pretty important themes especially for people living in america right now so why do you think they want it to be suppressed? What, what caused this kind of boom and then bust when, when the censors at head office, at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, saw the sudden trajectory of your film when you released the trailer? What was it about it, do you think, that, that worried them so much? The film is much more nuanced than the trailer, but I don't think that trailer is even the basis. I think they don't know what to expect. And when CNN goes and puts out their Alex Jones special, where there's going to be, you know, it's clearly indicated what the angle is going to be. It's Alex Jones, the worst man in the world. Um, you know, they can go and they can take out ad space and they can, you know, plaster his face all over 
you know, Twitter and, and Instagram all that they want. It wouldn't take too much research on me um, to realize that I'm going to tell the straight story about whatever I'm making a film about. And the straight story, quite frankly, is going to be contradictory to a lot of the narratives. I do think that uh, it will contradict some of people's preconceived notions about Alex Jones. Um, not that that's I'm setting out to make him look heroic, but more importantly, it's going to challenge people's narratives about people in the populist movement in America and the whole story around um, what's happened in this country since the election uh, in in 2020. So what do you think your film shows about that? What, what is the, the narrative that you chart over the course of this film? Well, so the film is a definitely a, a bio retrospective about Alex. And so it's got a lot of, it traces his career starting from 25 years ago when he began on public access television as sort of a, you know, a quirky, you know, Austin, uh, you know, conspiracy talk show host um, to, you know, his meteoric rise to being, you know, uh, one of the most successful and most viewed platforms uh, of of the internet age, um, no matter what your opinion on him is, that's just fact, right? And so that made him a, a pretty um, ripe target. Another sort of red flag, I think, for um, establishment media in this piece is that it tracks um, Alex's um, activities across the, you know, the days leading up to uh, the January 6th riots. So um, there's a lot of footage of of uh, there's a, of and depictions of people in the you know American populist movement or the MAGA movement, um, who are you know basically you know in this country if you turn on the news you're sort of led to believe that it's nothing but a bunch of you know guys in you know uh, in you know camo uh, who are you know white supremacists. Uh, or something like that. And the truth of the matter is, it's a much more diverse uh, movement than that. And this isn't a, a, a MAGA movie by any means, but just showing things in their, inauthentic in, in their authenticity, I think, is at this point just really challenging. So do you think it's kind of recalibrating that idea of what we're shown on social media in the liberal media and, and what the reality is when you see it for yourself on the ground, I suppose that's the, that's the virtue of being a documentary maker is that you can kind of show things as they really are. Do you, do you think that there is a fear about showing things as they really are? Because it might complicate our very binary black and white ideas about who these people are. I think 100% um, because a lot of the, the power structures in this country right now depend on keeping people fearful of one another. I just at least think that people should give themselves a little credit that they can decide for themselves. Alex Jones, though, is a, a very extreme figure. I mean, he, he is someone who has in the past peddled uh, really quite crazy conspiracies from the right. Sandy Hook killings and then um, through COVID mm -hmm. and out the other side to the January 6th, the, the yeah. day of the riots, which you do actually show and document in the film. But he is someone who has fermented uh, underground conspiracy movement in America. He is almost like the arch MAGA type when you think about the liberal fear-mongering around Trump supporters. And so was it interesting for you to kind of 
go straight to the id, to the center of that kind of world, and find, I suppose, the most caricatured figure in it, and and pick them apart a bit to find their their edges. You you nailed it, Flo. I mean, I I'm always trying to challenge myself, and um, you know, there are things about Alex that would that he's said in the past that would make anybody uncomfortable. I mean, it's but uh, that doesn't mean that we're just gonna you know shy away from the question of why so many other people in America um, kind of revere him as a hero. I mean, it's pretty interesting. I mean, it's he's he's so polarizing that for me, it really represented sort of a convergence of like all of these themes that I'm really interested in exploring in my films um, about the culture wars, but also about, you know, iconoclastic figures. And so, you know, part of this was just sort of blind ambition. Like, can I make a film about this extremely taboo subject and um, see if I can extract something positive out of it? And I suppose it brings us on to this sense of the black and the white in American society that what you do is you start to, by suppressing these narratives in the mainstream media, you push people to the edges further and further. And then you end up with the Alex Joneses of the world. I, I don't think it's that surprising that, that people go to him for their information when there is such a suppression of information going on in mainstream media and on social media, as you have found out through your own experiences. Do you think that we are going towards a kind of end times when it comes to this sort of extremity of polarization? Is there a way back or ha have we gone too far? Are we off the end of a cliff? Oh, I don't think that we could ever really anticipate whether we're off the end of a cliff or not. I mean, I'm sure there have been many times in history when people thought that they were going off the edge of a cliff. I think that people give them, I think we give ourselves too much credit that we see where all of this is going. Um, I, like I, for one, have been surprised again and again in the last uh, couple of years. And When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You know, just the fact that we're even having this conversation right now or that I was even able to marshal the resources to do this film shows you that there actually is, like I said, there there is a craving from the public to actually want to parse this stuff out. Um, you know, we don't want to just sit here with our biases and like feel bad forever and like be afraid of, you know, where we're going forever. Like sometimes you just have to like confront these issues in a sort of mature way and not just from such an, a, a an emotional starting point. So I am actually pretty optimistic about the future. I just think that there was always going to be this crazy adjustment period because of the internet and social media. And then of course, COVID and everyone being in their houses. But I mean, we, we need to sort of, you know, start from the ground up and start building up these ideas again about, um, critical thinking. I mean, we're having to retool all of it. So, cause there's so much information and that's another theme in this film. It's like, you know, parsing out the real from the, the, the fake news. But then again, like, what does that even mean? I suppose that used to be that the, that lots of people in the news will say that they try to get beyond a kind of agenda or they, they try to picture things with, without rose tinted or negative connotations. But what you're doing, I suppose, is an, is a new version of that, which is to, to, to do a documentary where there is very, very little of yourself in it. In fact, you, you don't appear in the documentary yourself and you don't have any voiceovers or anything like that. Were you trying purposefully to create something that, that did not have a kind of editorial stance? When you compare this documentary with the contemporary documentaries that are coming out today that are heavily editorialized, that have a lot of, you know, talking heads and that you know, the documentarians position themselves as characters in the film. Yeah, this could seem a little bit unconventional compared to those, but really it's in the tradition of, you know, sort of 70s uh, and 60s documentary style filmmaking. And my inspiration for this was Bob Dylan, the Bob Dylan documentary, Don't Look Back by D.A. Pennybaker. The whole exercise of my films is to treat the audience as intelligent people who can make a decision about what they think about somebody. I mean, it shouldn't be that wild of an idea. <laughs> I think it is quite wild these days. Do you think Alex <laughs> Jones might be the Bob Dylan of the modern heterodox era? Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but he is an iconoclast like Bob Dylan was. So, you know, he's, he's definitely into um, challenging 
uh, norms, so to speak, although he's himself views himself as a, a conservative person. Um, but he also is uh, an artist, you know, and, and artists are sometimes um, prone to um, hyperbole. And maybe that's why Alex has gotten himself in trouble so many times. Um, so let's let's talk, let's I, talk about Alex himself because of course you had to spend sure. time with him to, to, to make this documentary. Um, I'd just be interested to know what he's like, and, and you say that he's an artist. I mean, does that absolve him of the frankly strange behaviour that he has conducted over the last few years? No, I don't think so. But I, I also um, think that Alex, for all of his uh, missteps has received pretty much an equal amount of blowback and sort of punishment in his, in his own life and his career, which is more than I can say for the misinformation that's spread by the mainstream media, um, who regularly propagate lies and are never, no person is ever held accountable because it's, they are just nameless, faceless monoliths and we just, accept what they say and then move on. Um, Alex is at least sort of um, in that he is sort of the captain of his little ship over there at InfoWars. Um, he is held accountable and he makes a decision every time he decides to say something incendiary about whether or not he wants to be in the news the next day or whether or not he wants to be sued or whether or not he wants, you know, people to come to his house in the middle of the night um, and harass his family and everything. So, I mean, you know, he's made his bed and he's lying in it. And I wouldn't choose the same path for myself. And I certainly don't endorse the, some of his more outrageous uh, speculations. I think that's just part of, I hate to say it, you know, there's other people who they, they tune in for that. They want, they want the outrageous speculation. Does he, ever, does he ever turn it off or are you, is he, is he yeah. on all the time? Yeah, I mean, he's got, you know, he's got a family, he's got kids, he's, he's got hobbies. Um, you know, the, 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 the ride that he's on, uh, that he can't get off of, necessitates him being 100% dialed in to do the, his broadcast with a certain level of intensity um, that to live up to his um, reputation for, you know, more than four hours a day, probably six hours a day he spends in the studio. And I mean, he's as much of a, a professional broadcaster as anybody that's alive today. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, I mean, the pressures on him are just so insane and they do leak over into the rest of his life, obviously. And they they touch everybody around him, his staff and his family. Um, and but my you know, I think of him as my friend and it took a long time. It wasn't something that happened overnight, you know, uh, but, you know, you spend enough time with somebody and you get to understand them. Uh, and it's sort of, you know, that's just that's just what happens. So I'm at the end of the day, you know, I I want. I want things to get better for him, I think I think. Uh, there are certain things about him that are misunderstood and there may or may not be his fault, but I do wish the best for him. As his friend, to make things better for him, do, do you think it's, it's better if he dials things down to rehabilitate his image in the mainstream, 
pushes himself further to the edges of society, what's better for him? I mean, obviously, he's, he's made a lot of money um, pushing himself to the edges. He's also lost a lot of money through these lawsuits from the Sandy Hook parents. So do you think that extremity of living is, is good for him, bad for him? How would you advise him as his friend? With people that you know, you want them, you know, obey the speed limit. You want them to eat their vegetables and you want them to not drink too much or smoke too much. I mean, I could say all that, but I'm, you know, I, Alex rose his own canoe and I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that I wish that he, I mean, I guess part of me wishes that he got into less trouble or offended less people. You sort of just have to like, you know, Take him as I he sort is. of accept him as he is. Yeah. I mean. I suppose he, he wouldn't, he would not be Alex Jones, the subject of your documentary if he, if he wasn't quite so extreme. Right. And we, sh we also shouldn't overlook the fact that Alex has also made a lot of really uncanny predictions about things and that a lot of things that he said in the past that were dismissed as crazy ended up being, you know, accurate. Sure. Though uh, you might so you might say a stop clock is, is right twice a day. I mean, that's what someone might say if, if they're looking at it from the outside. Right. But if nobody else is saying that except for him, then it makes it a little bit like if he's the only he's a singular stop clock, clock in town that's saying <laughs> it. I mean, so now you're at the top of the iTunes pre-orders chart, despite the best efforts of the social media companies to suppress the trailer of the film. Do you think that says something about the way in which this sort of online censorship works? In fact, it works in the opposite way. It just makes people more curious. Would you agree with that? I think what it does demonstrate is that there's a different model um, in promoting film and content which seems, you know, fairly obvious, but um, really this whole effort to overcome these limitations has happened through grassroots efforts I, um, on Twitter. And obviously, you know, I, a lot of the, um, a lot of the traffic we're getting is probably from Alex's built in audience and the, you know, the populist movement, but we also do have a lot of support from, you know, sort of my traditional base, which is sort of like the art house cinema community. And there are people that understand that this isn't a right wing film. It isn't a left wing film. It's just, you know, it's an observational documentary about a famous American. The so thing, the thing um, I suppose that the thing I'm trying to kind of prod at here is, is if we if we zoom out just from the film itself, the, the attempt to suppress does not seem to have worked. And what it's done is it's it's driven people to organically find out about the film through word of mouth, through genuine interest. That could be applied as well to, to Alex Jones himself. And then even more broadly to, for example, the MAGA movement in America, the attempts to quash these kind of populist moments do seem to have the directly opposite effect in many cases. In, in, in this case, it seems to have actually blown up your film to a whole new level. Do, do you think there's something to be said there for um, the subject that you're working with and how that could actually reverberate in these other movements? Yes, I do think it has something to do with it, but I'm not going to say that if we weren't allowed to promote the film that we could take it even bigger. Um, I, although, you know, if it, if it keeps on, if, it, if, if the vice gets tighter, I, I do agree that, you know, there will be sort of... Uh, it, in opposite effect, especially, you know, with the people who are consumers who are tired of 
being told what they're allowed to, you know, watch, listen to, and in some cases even think about. So if we if we take your film, you are one degree removed from Alex Jones, I suppose, um, because your film is about Alex Jones. He's been banned. Now you've been effectively banned. What about us? This video is about your video being banned. Do you think we're going to get to that third layer? Are we going to start seeing censorship of things three degrees away from the original source? And how far could this go eventually? Well, well, let's see. Let's see what happens. But what they what they can do is it's actually it's pretty sly. They'll just limit the amount of traffic. They won't put you in other people's feeds. They won't suggest your video along with um, the other videos on your channel. They, you know, but maybe that won't happen because, you know, I, I've seen things sort of slide through the, the sensors before, but... Um, maybe we should just yeah, say this video I, is a review of Top Gun and then we can go straight to the top of the charts. Absolutely. And they'll, they'll have to watch the whole I thing mean, to find out. I mean, sure. I think, yeah, you could, you, you could use some interesting keywords to try to ev evade that algorithm. Um, but, you know, I could also be totally wrong and this video could do great and, uh, you know... How about this? If if the tra if the traffic's not good on this video, I'm just going to blame censorship. You know what? I think we we have ourselves a deal. <laughs> Alex Limoya, thanks so much for coming on the channel. Thanks, Flo. It's great talking to you. That was Alex Lee Moyer, director of Alex's War, a new film about Alex Jones, the radio personality and controversial figure of the alt right. Lee Moyer there was arguing for free speech and freedom of expression to show her documentary wherever she pleases, but entities like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter have other ideas. Are they protecting the public by keeping that film suppressed, or should they be allowing the sun to shine on Alex Jones himself? I suppose we are yet to find out. Thanks for tuning in, this was Unheard. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.